Want to know more about cryptocurrency? Well, you're in the right place. This is Crypto Unplugged. A fact-based, straight-talking, no-nonsense look into the world of cryptocurrency. We discuss trading strategies and market advice, review up-and-coming projects, and more. And we've got years of experience and knowledge that can help new and seasoned investors become more confident and comfortable navigating the cryptocurrency landscape. Now, let's get to the podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Crypto. Welcome listeners to another episode of Crypto Unplugged. I'm Doc as your host and this is episode 53. And in this episode, Oz and I are going to be discussing on-chain metrics in the crypto market, what this means for short-term hodlers, the hodl wave, net unrealized, unrealized profit loss, and why it's important to look at on-chain metrics when it comes to the overall crypto space and where the markets are heading. Now, Oz, what's going on? Yeah, I'm doing good, Doc. Uh, just uh, grinding through this uh, accumulation phase. I know it's pretty boring, but things are looking uh, good at the moment. Not, you know, not too many surprises, as I'm sure we'll discuss in the in, in this episode. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah, Oz, I've been all right, actually. You know that. Um, I was pleased enough because what, what happened, I think I was telling you that I had some locked ETH for about a thousand days, yeah? Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things that's surprising and you find some ETH okay and it was okay actually so what happened after a thousand days you can imagine when you're holding ethereum for that long and it's locked and you can't use it and then i realized actually i had some eth i got it unlocked and it was with plasm which is now asta and um you know i managed to just buy some of the projects that i was interested in which is injective protocol and fetch.ai as well as accumulating more on uh glmr was and we've seen glmr just um rise up a bit like 35 percent to 50 percent um on that day a few days back uh which has been interesting because i think there's a partnership with hydra um and it's just taken the price up from 16 cents which is a bit of a low to 22 cents so yeah it's been quite good we know whenever you accumulate uh tokens where you're actually got your eye on and you've got ability to do it so it's a good thing yeah, definitely. GLMR Moonbeam saw a big spike uh, recently. So even today, again, it was up about 10%. So, uh, yes, that's looking really good. But I think, yeah, at these points, it's just an accumulation phase and just getting your bags ready. That's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, to be honest with you, it doesn't make much of a difference. 16 cents to 22 cents, okay, you're going to get a bit more. But compared to the highs that some of these tokens, or to be honest with you, the majority of the good ones are going to, you know, uh, uh, get to uh, is is insignificant, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So you know, if you think, if you look back, like I keep saying that this is reminding me of 2019 um, when it, when that happened. So if you look back at some of the good projects or a lot of the projects in 2019 and compare them to 2021, so it's like you can't believe the gains that you'll you'll make. So it's just about being patient. And when that um, when the new bull market like in the last part of it takes off uh i think you'd be very very surprised about how much you how many gains you can make yeah definitely now oz you know what it is there's a massive story going around on crypto twitter and social media youtube and everything like this yeah this week where a massive influencer has been making the headlines being newsworthy as well ben armstrong also known as bitboy um you know 
always uh, in the headlines uh, over the last 10 days or so. And I'm not sure because, look, listeners, if you've not heard about this, and I'm just going to narrate the incidents, what happened, okay, uh, last couple of days. I mean, last week, just give you a bit, bit of a background, listeners, okay, and why it's important to speak about this, because when it comes to crypto, uh, it's always important to be relevant, always important to understand what's happening to the markets and also um, where some of the major influences are, okay, and uh, what's been happening in the crypto news as well. But this guy, Ben Armstrong, he's been in the space for a long time, okay, and um, he created the company BitBoy and he's known as BitBoy, isn't it? And obviously he got massive following on social media, on Twitter and YouTube and stuff. And uh, he was ousted, Oz, yeah? from his company that he created, BitBoy, where is a f- another company called Hit Network, um, and he called it a coup. So what happened, I think he was taking legal action and uh, taking a, going on social media, creating a little video tweet, asking uh, you know many people, many of his followers for donations for legal fees and stuff like that. And um, then... You know, there was a crazy 37-minute video run outside one of his associates called Carlos Diaz. Uh, and to be honest, if you look, Oz, I'm not going to get into technicalities or whatever, but it's just quite bizarre, isn't it? It's like a soap opera. And I'm not sure if you actually saw this 37-minute uh, video. Ah, oh, I caught a bit of it. Not too much. Just maybe the highlights. But to be honest, uh, it's just a sad state, I think, from... Uh, it's, 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 it reminds me of a proper pump and dump coin <laughs> in the sense where he was so high in terms of, um, you know, going to the, you know, back in 2020, 2021, BitBoy was everywhere. And it's just like a sad, you know, whatever's happened, whatever the truth is, it's just, it's just, it's like that coin now being dumped and he's right the, you know, lowest of lows where I don't know what the truth is. Like he's saying that people are after him or, you know, extorting him for money and whatnot. But it's just, I don't know. It it doesn't seem right to me. He's even uh, I think going six months or a year back, he just hasn't seemed right. Uh, very emotional, very agitated. I think he, maybe he needs some help. Um, it's quite sad to see, though, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's, I guess that's crypto. Yeah, that's crypto. And the thing is, look, I was what you're saying as well. You you know, coming up from an empathetic perspective as well yeah because look regardless of whatever we don't know the facts we you know there's always two sides of the story and it's not our business to actually you know try to basically analyze who's right and wrong here but just narrating the events but you know like you said six months back and i think he was you know he came out of a video um when he was with his wife and he was like in tears and stuff you know regretting some of the decisions he's made uh he also mentioned that you know he was drug abuse had affair as well and that video yesterday, you know, he accused one of his associates called Carlos Diaz of taking his uh, Lamborghini. He wanted to kill him, okay? And then uh, he rang on a doorbell and he said that Carlos Diaz was a pussy, okay? And then there was a rebuttal from Carlos Diaz's tweet where he showed uh, this Ben Armstrong knocking on a door, waiting for two seconds, and then I'm not sure, but it looked like he ran off. Okay, so and then the police came as well and asked him if he's got a weapon and then who's in the car with him. And it was apparently the person who had an affair with and he goes, his nice wife knows about it. Then he got arrested, was in eight hours in prison. Okay, for in a slammer, he mentioned tweeted out for loitering and had to be bailed out for about three thousand dollars. And then, you know, posted a mugshot of himself. But the point is, Oz, yeah, rags to riches 
okay, and riches to go to the bottom is not really pleasant for anyone, regardless of if you agree with them or not. I mean, it's sad to see people, for example, losing a lot of money, regardless of uh, who they are. Yeah, exactly. It's just, uh, it's more like a soap opera now. And I know a lot of people on Twitter, um, you know, whether he, whether he scanned people or not, you know, a lot of people said he's, he's done a lot of uh, shilling and stuff like this. But for your life to play out on, uh, on, on, on basically to the public is never a good thing. And I just think it's become a soap opera. People are eating popcorn, you know, commenting on, like we are ourselves commenting on his uh, sad uh, state of affairs. But, you know, I'm not really, you know, it is what it is. You know, he's, I don't know, he's a, he's a grown man. He's made his own decisions. For me, I'm just focusing and on... And you're not uh, really a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not a fan of, nah, I've never been a fan of Big Boy, to be honest. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I'm just focusing on my own thing. And it's just sad state, uh, you know, if you haven't got your head screwed on, you know, and you haven't got the right people around you, you know, you can be you can be up there one minute and next minute you're down and no one really cares about you. So, yeah, just a lesson for everybody, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Now, Oz, look, uh, interesting uh, accumulation phase, okay? And it's not sure if we're going longer than anticipated, Oz. And you're, I was just referring to one of your tweets, okay, from uh, a few days back. And you were mentioning, for example, that uh, November would be particularly interesting according to your analysis and stuff like that and what you wanted to discuss us today is about one of the um, key indicators when we're looking about looking at the markets overall yeah because i think a lot of this is missed out and i know there's a lot of accounts that look into uh, on-chain metrics and stuff like that but this is something that we haven't discussed uh, in in uh, in much detail in in any of our podcast episodes so i think it's quite interesting us that you coming up with an idea talking about on-chain metrics and how important that is. And particularly when we're looking at on-chain metrics, uh, Oz, um, you suggested basically explaining short-term hodlers, okay, what the meaning of a hodl wave is, okay, what is actually hodling and how different that is from NUPL, okay? So let's go down and break down, first of all, what do you mean by on-chain metrics and why is it important for our listeners, okay, Oz, and how it is important for the current, uh, period of time that we are in in this accumulation phase. Yeah, so um, if we just break it down step by step, I think on chain obviously there's certain on chain metrics that are are reliable and are good to uh, look at, and there's some others that um, you know maybe not uh, as reliable. You know, a lot of people think on chain is you know the best thing to, you know to, for uh, analysis and and so forth, but I think it's a bit of both. Um, for, for example, I give an example like um, this: the Bitcoin on exchanges is getting uh, you know less and less. Some people think there's going to be a supply shock. For me, for example, that on-chain metric isn't that useful. It's it's useful in a way, but because there's so much futures trading, which basically is made up Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin we're uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Just, oh, just before you go on, you go on. Just explain basically what you mean by supply shock. So basically, people think that because it's so such few Bitcoin on exchanges, uh, there's no Bitcoins left. So the prices and people really want, and if the demand goes up, people really want Bitcoin. So a supply shock means not no Bitcoin left. Uh, so the money just so the price just uh, you know rockets up uh, because everybody wants Bitcoin. But on the exchanges, it's showing right now. If you look at the on-chain metrics, it's at its lowest ever. There's hardly any, not hardly any, but in, in relative perspective, this you know a, a small amount of bitcoin on exchanges than there was maybe a year two three years ago but my my the counter argument to that is 
because the futures markets have opened and basically you're trading paper Bitcoin, they're actually propping up that actually there is a lot of Bitcoin because you're trading fake Bitcoin on one end and real Bitcoin on the other. So it kind of balances out and you won't get that supply shock. For example, that's that's one one theory. So that's one on-chain metric that when people say there's a lot less Bitcoin on exchanges, less Bitcoin on exchanges, I, I kind of I look at that, but I take it with a pinch of salt because of the futures uh, markets where they, you know there's there's a lot of traders and they can basically uh, trade uh, with USDT acting as Bitcoin uh, with leverage trading. So you know they can put two thousand dollars, but do that fifty x, so you get so much more uh, than you actually have. So th- that's where I don't look at that on chain metric as closely as the following ones that we're going to talk about uh, uh, now. But just a thing I was going to say on on the on the comment you made about the uh, tweet I made about the time uh, yeah. uh, time um, zones and November being a crucial one. You were saying the reason I say that is because what's happened now is that Bitcoin has got basically coming to the end of its second year in terms of if we want to call it a new cycle. So if we said the first year from seventy odd thousand or sixty nine thousand down to uh, fifteen thousand. So that took between November uh, 2021, I think it was, and November 2022. It was about the one year of downwards prices. Now, when the second year, which was from November 2022 to November 2023, which is a couple of months away, uh, roughly, you know, give or take a month, right? So that this is this is called the second year, like I like to call it the consolidation year, where prices, yeah, they make that first spike up, but then they start consolidating in this um, in this kind of year. So between November 2022 and coming up 2023, it's been, you could say it's been a consolidation. We had a rise up, uh, you know, back in January to March of uh, twenty of, of this year. But now we've been consolidating for, you know, the last four or five months, uh, you know, since probably April this year, I would say. And uh, going on to the third year, which will be November 23 until 24, November 2024, will be the, what I call the expansion year, where prices start to leave consolidation and they start hitting towards a new all-time high so that, that's what i'm looking out for in this next year will be price yeah it'll, it'll start moving more aggressively as as the year gets along you know the halving is coming up as well whether we'll get all-time high before that or after that we'll, we'll see but i think this new third year uh, of the cycle will will be very good as it always has been for for bitcoin and cryptocurrency so this is a uh, something I'm looking looking towards yeah. for that. Okay, Oz. Now, just on that, yeah, interesting that you're saying as it always has been. Now, historically, when we were looking at these two-year um, price, uh, you know, drop of Bitcoin BTC USD, yeah, and we're seeing, for example, in the year one, there's a drop, significant drop, and then you know, then it's kind of sideways for the second year until the next cycle. Now, we all know that the all-time highs came in November 2021. Few years, few months. Uh, you know, to go until November 2023 hits. And you're talking about a third year as well, which you, you know, labeled as an expansion year, Oz, yeah? Now, historically, I mean, how has this behaved uh, from previous uh, bear markets? Have you seen this two-year period and expansion year going into year three? So if we we look at, if we look at the, uh, let's take you, let's take take the listeners back to uh, 2016. So, Leaving this, so the low of 2016, um, you know, you can say it was about $167, right? Just to call it $170, right? 
in that in that first year bit, it went down to about 170 or there or thereabouts. The consolidation year took it up to around $430. So from 170 to $400 So that was the consolidation year. Now you have to think. So once you got into that third year expansion year back in, uh, this is now 2016, 16-17, uh, right? Uh, that, that sort of um, period, time, time frame. It went from 400-ish, okay, $400. And let's just say, actually, about three fifty, and then at the end of that year, the high was a thousand, one thousand one hundred and um, whatever, one thousand one one thousand one hundred dollars. So from three hundred, it went to one thousand dollars in that expansion, and that fourth year, it went to twenty thousand. So what my point is, from that third year onwards, it was all looking good for for Bitcoin. Third year expansion, and then the fourth year, I haven't brought that in yet, but the fourth year is a fourth year top. That's what that's what we call it. Oh, that's what I call it. So if we look now back at the last cycle, um, we had the first year bear market. It came down to 3,000. Everybody knows. The consolidation year took it to around six, uh, six, 7,000 roughly. Uh, by the end of the second year, that's where it closed. We did have the COVID crash in the third year, but that was just very quick. And it closed. The, the third year actually closed at 28,000. So think about it. The third year opened. Uh, around yeah. seven thousand and closed so close at twenty eight thousand. Twenty one. No, no, yeah. sorry, you're right. Twenty eight thousand. So yeah. that's quite a big move in that expansion. Even though you had the COVID Black Swan event between that, the whole year it started around seven thousand and it ended at twenty eight thousand. And then finally, that fourth year, you have you you pushed it on from twenty eight thirty thousand to seventy. So my point is being here is that yeah, we're we're coming to the third year now, and whatever price it starts at November. Most likely, it could break the all-time high like it did in the last cycle. The third year broke the all-time high, and then the fourth year finished it off, just you know, with the little sprinkles at the top, with the extra, you know, you know, as they say. But what we can say, we can definitely see in this cycle period, is that once we enter this third year period, it's looking good, just like the other two cycles and the other, actually, all the other cycles. So I would be, well, I think we're leaving accumulation, but it'll take some time. Uh, you see, know, maybe a few more. Yeah, see, that's interesting, Oz, now, because, look, generally, w when we're looking at this, okay, and for, you know, our listeners or anybody who's looking to invest or still dollar cost average into uh, the coming period as well, a uh, lot of people will start to panic, isn't it, and think, okay, fair enough, or, you know, we're going into year three now, okay, we're leaving the accumulation phase, and when people usually think about leaving the accumulation phase, they think about these mad, mad spikes that come up where Bitcoin will go from like, you know, 10,000 to 57,000 in the space of three months, yeah? Um, but in actual fact, that's not what we call year three, isn't it? Because there's still a period, you know, in that time between 2020 that we saw in the last bull uh, bull market, then, or pre previously, 2029, sorry. Um, but there's some historical uh, backdrop to that, isn't it? So, you know, your analysis, and this is important for for you listeners, when you're listening to this, this is Oz's analysis, not financial advice, but this is what he would do. And I'm actually convinced of um, this type of analysis as, as well. But Oz, you know, for anybody who's looking into this, would you say there's, you know, you should panic or there's still time to still DCA in for the average uh, retail investor? Yeah, it's plenty of time. For me, there's plenty of time. You know, we're still in the second year consolidation. You know, if there was an early top, it'll be in this third year. Okay, so if if... Bitcoin's going to blast past the all-time high and, you know, it's going to be within November 2023 to November 2024, in my opinion. That's what I've always thought. In that period, that's where you'll see 
something crazy if it happens. Otherwise, we'll just get a normal fourth year top, uh, you know, after November 2024, going into 2025. Yeah, so that, that's that's my point. So either you're going to see in this third year, now we're entering it in the next couple of months, you're going to see something crazy in this third year, or you're going to see something normal in this third year and finish off in the fourth year. So any, regardless, what I'm saying is you still have time to accumulate because we're still in the second year phase of accumulation. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's uh, for me, it's at the moment, nothing's going to go crazy tomorrow or the day after. We're still grinding through. Everything looks normal. Um, and yeah, so this, this is Bitcoin normally. I expect Bitcoin by the end of the year, probably between, it's not financial advice, but bring, coming into December, I think about 40, it should be about 40, yeah, 48, 40. It's around there. I, I think it will get to there. And uh, then in the third year, it'll, 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 you know, consolidate and then continue up. And then we'll see where we are. But for example, let's be honest, we've had a whole year of it to accumulate. It's not like it's not been, uh, it's not, it's not quick. It's it's since November 2022, uh, even to, you can even go back as far as June 2022 when it was quite long as well. Yeah. Um, There's been so much time to accumulate. So, you know, you you don't have to panic really. And there's still going to be time ahead of us anyway. That's what, that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Now, Oz, thanks for that. Yeah. Now, talking about going back on the subject of on-chain metrics, Oz. Yeah. You're talking about uh, short-term hodling, hodlers. Yeah. And the hodl wave as well. So, you know, you it briefly introduced the subject of on-chain metrics. Okay. These two particular issues. Okay. About short-term and the hodl wave as well. Before we get into NUPL. Okay. And the difference between that and actual hodling. Why is the why are these particular things? Define them first. What short-term uh, hodling is and why it's important for on-chain metrics and then we can go on to the next one and hopefully get a better understanding of how the markets uh, could potentially behave yeah the thing is the the reason i do like um especially the short-term hodling uh the short-term hodlers um metric on chain so it basically it shows uh, people who have bought bitcoin uh but they don't hold the, i think they don't they, they only hold the coin or bitcoin for less than a uh, a few months, I think it's less than four or five months or 155 days, uh, something uh, along the lines of that. So short-term hodlers don't really hodl <laughs> the coins that long. And the reason I like this uh, metric a lot, because once you get to the bottom of the of the wave, there's, there's a certain number that you cu- it comes it, uh, comes on. And you can see this information in uh, on glass notes, is that once the wave, so what happens is, think about this logically as well. When Bitcoin was going up in 2020, 2021, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon when when Bitcoin was over 20,000, was 30,000, was 40, when it was 50,000, you're probably getting calls from your ho- your friends, your family, people that you yeah. don't even yeah. know, you know. Yeah. But think about their short-term hodlers. If you classify them, pe- those people, they're short-term hodlers. Why? Because firstly, they don't believe in Bitcoin. They just want to get rich quick. They're just uh, guys who come on, or people who come on the... Jumping on the, on the bandwagon. You know, jumping, but... You, they're on chain you can see them on chain that, that's why i like this because what happens is they buy it they think this is shit we're losing money because obviously the top comes in and then they sell so they, these short-term hodling, hodlers wave they haven't just been in this cycle or the last they've been from the start because this people's greed and emotion so what happens with this chart is you see it peak and once the short-term hodling hodlers wave it peaks at a certain value that normally is the top for Bitcoin because that's when you get everybody coming in. And then slowly, slowly it declines down, down to another value 
which is the long-term hodlers who are the hardcore believers who almost never sell Bitcoin. So my point, what I'm saying with that is that wave has come all the way down to the hardcore line now. So there's not many short-term hodlers left in the network for, for Bitcoin. So once that normally happens, and, and you can see this chart, uh, like I said, uh, on the Glassnode's website, this chart has come down to historical low levels again of 2016, of 2018, 2020, you know, all, all those historical lows that we've had. So if there's no more sellers for Bitcoin left, like big, like like all, there's no more, there's no more, there's no more taxi drivers left. Oh, you're here. Yeah. Or you're, do you understand? Talking so about Bitcoin, yeah, yeah. So they're all gone. So they've sold. They, they forgot about. You know, where do you think the where, if there's no more sellers, where will price go eventually? It's, it's, it has to go up if there's no more sellers left. So this is why this on-chain sort of. Um, uh, this sort of on-chain metric, it really, I actually like this one a lot because it actually does show once the, you can put confidence in the long-term uh, holders because they don't really sell their Bitcoin. They, they, the long-term holders are there for the long run. And this is, this is why I do. So this short-term metric has come down to historical lows. It's back down to values of 2016, 15, 19 uh, and so forth. So this is, a good on-chain metric to show yes that you know it's a good time to accumulate yeah interesting Oz because look you know when we're looking at this um, investor sentiment yeah you're talking about the younger hodlers or for example the people who are generally coming to the space and they hold bitcoin for a period of one to three months or so okay and you know um, they increase trading activity and like you mentioned in mentioning on on glass nodes where it indicates all of this type of data and activity um, and you know, distribution of coins amongst hodlers and these waves you're talking about, you know, younger hodlers or older hodlers who are not those people who are going to be selling. You know, they've been holding on to Bitcoin for maybe one, two, three, even longer. Okay, and just suggest a shift in investor sentiment. But, you know, an interesting point you mentioned here that when the younger hodlers of Bitcoin or any crypto, significant crypto have been shaken out, then it's actually a good on-chain metric to understand that there is something brewing in, in, in the markets at the moment in terms of on-chain metrics, isn't it? Yeah, so so my point is that, um, yeah, at the moment, it's, it's a great metric to see that it's like the the, the network has flushed out all the speculators or the, the, the people, well, the people who really did, just came in for it for the hype. And, uh, you know, at the moment, I think it's a, it's a good time to uh, to invest in or to accumulate. Also, because of the huddle wave is like the opposite. The huddle wave shows the peak of people huddling. And again, um, if you look at the huddle wave, uh, you can see that it's actually at its all-time high. Well, it's, it's coming into that level where it's just before, uh, basically just before the third year expansion blast-off. And, and that's the way I, I look at it. And um, so both of these metrics show me that we're in we've been this, in this accumulation phase for you can say uh, you know almost a year or, or more uh, probably a more uh, more than a year so after you know once bitcoin is generally has been accumulated for about a year or a year and a half then what you see in the next year is slowly price uh, you know accelerating up towards towards the halving so right now i'm 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 not really worried about the price yeah it could go up uh, it could go i mean sorry it could go down a few thousand dollars you know if it goes down to 25 24 these are just small price movements but looking out i'm looking at in this next year this next period of 
you know, from November to next November. And I think we could see a, a really big spike up in, in, in that period of time. And the on-chain metric are, are supporting this. Yeah, looking at this on-chain metric, Oz, because it's interesting, isn't it? Look, you know, sometimes to look into this uh, in a simple sense, Oz, yeah? Okay, so for example, looking at accumulation phase probably marry, marries into the fact of the behavior of uh, long and short-term hodlers, isn't it? So, you know, looking at, for example, when there's volatility there, it's when a large number of Bitcoin by people who have been in or holding or long-term hodlers start moving it off you know, um, off exchanges or start selling it, and there's some increased activity. But during the accumulation phase, most of the people who are hardcore hodlers who never sell, they just continue to hold. And obviously this uh, could, or potentially, the, 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 the main thing to look at is it indicates strong confidence in Bitcoin, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you have to get rid of the each cycle or each sort of, you know, new all-time high when Bitcoin goes past the new all-time high, each sort of cycle has to, it's like, cleanse out all, you know, all the rubbish that was in it. And that's what the crypto market essentially has done for in this last year and a half. You know, it's, uh, you know, not, not many people are talking about it in terms of your friends. I bet your friends are not talking about it. Your uh, people on the street, they, they, they're like, yeah, it's just a fad. It's, you know, the same sort of, comments that we heard back in 2017 18, 19, 19, 18 yeah 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 you're hearing now and uh, it's good actually because what's what's happening is now the the, the people who actually believe in crypto especially bitcoin uh, and uh, you know uh, hodling and they're keeping their coins and they keep uh, accumulating at this price you know it takes a long time to accumulate um and i even mentioned the etfs and all that sort of stuff that that could be approved you know this year or early next year and that would bring more. Yeah. Uh, that will bring more supply, uh, more demand into the to the market. So, you know, I guess you're probably going to hear, you know, uh, about from your friends or from the local people about Bitcoin going once it reaches past all time highs. That's when they're going to start coming on board again, and that's when probably the short term wave is going to start going back up to the top, where the short term holders are back in, and that's when it's going to be a time for probably to take profits. Because that's that's when that goes to the peak on the opposite side, that's when all the short-term people are back in. You know, the new money's back in right now. There's no. That's another way to look at the short-term uh, hodling uh, wave. Is there's not much new money in at the moment because everybody's been taking. You know, all the short-term people have sold. So now it's only the older money that's left in the hardcore people who've had Bitcoin for years or you know, many 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 months. So once that wave starts going back up, that's when new money's coming in. Bitcoin's going up. And that's when you start taking your profits. So it's all all uh, psychology, and you have to really keep uh, your eye on a number of things. Yeah. Now, looking at something else, uh, we were you know planning to discuss was about um, net unrealized profit and loss. Yeah, and you know this being a way to figure out if you're m- making or losing money with crypto. Looking at the difference of how much your crypto are worth now, and how much you paid for them, and a the difference, you know, between unrealized profit and loss. Okay, and net and realize profit and loss now Oz why is this important okay when you were discussing on-chain metrics okay because you know and what is the difference between looking at uh is net unrealized profit loss or NUPL just like checking for example from your delta tracker on your crypto portfolio I mean why is it important so the thing I like about this uh it's been number one this uh this um 
on-chain metric has been very accurate in the past um, and it really shows you for me this shows you areas it's not so I remember on-chain metrics uh, what I, I gather from them anyway they're not supposed to they're not there to tell you exacts like this is the bottom or this is the top it, it kind of gets you ready for what's happening and so this one this metric anyway tells you when most of the people are in profit or most of the people are in losses and by which degree so for example if it's below zero generally so that means most people are in loss so if most people are in loss how are people going to sell because they're already in loss <laughs> people is it's, it's a time to start accumulating if everybody's in a loss uh, and that means the market's been flushed out already it's been wiped out completely and i'll give you an example of that when this happened back on this indicator anyway back in 2018 when bitcoin was at three thousand dollars everybody or most people were when in a loss. loss at that time so yeah. if most people were in a loss at that time it's a good time to buy because it's been flushed another time when it is it went into that kind of area was last november 2022 when ftx collapsed um that's when bitcoin was at 15 16000 and that was a good time to and you know if you look at it from now to then you know back 2022 to now of course it was a good time to buy bitcoin cuz it's bitcoin right now is about 26 27000 yeah yeah so yeah. from back then it was 15 right now what area are we in we're in i would say looking at this indicator we're in the optimistic area where it's not uh there's still another two or three more areas above this you know once it gets overheat you know it gets into the greed and of there's like a greed phase and then there's a, like a you could call it a super greed phase and all that sort of stuff right now we're we're not in there we're in the i would call in my terms and layman terms i would just call it accumulation phase and that's where we are at the moment uh, which is supported by the other two hodl waves and the short-term hodlers as well it all supports each other we're in the accumulation phase uh and it could stay in this phase for you know a few more months uh, to be honest okay so you know generally when you're looking at the indicators of this uh, nupl oz okay um you mentioned you know going back to november 2022 when the ftx uh, issue happened and exchange collapse and a lot of people lost money and you know that was a big dip you know in the general crypto space where the market cap was wiped off you know uh, a lot and uh, it hasn't risen much uh, since okay so you would say the nupl according to on-chain metrics and the analysis on that which is quite visible is that generally the crypto people or people who are holding on to bitcoin or altcoins oz they're in a loss right now i would say they when it came into the fifteen thousand dollar range that was when they were in a loss once it broke above you can say once they got back into the um 18 20,000 that's when they were coming out of the loss but it's still in the optimism phase it's not it's nowhere near um the for example if you bought bitcoin at 15,000 16,000 let's just say you bought it then selling it at 20 26,000 is not really what, what was it, is that you know it's not you really, really achieve much yeah i achieved you know was there a point you, know, you held it for a year and now you're only going to cash out you know uh, i don't know 6 7,000 or you know more 8,000 more you, big players are not looking for that sort of gain. They're looking for a lot more gains than that. So what what my point is, is that this is still now an accumulation phase and we're more, at the, we're more on an on-chain perspective at the bottom than we are towards the top of being, you know, into the greed phase. And that, that for me, won't come until the next year, you know, but into 2024. So uh, again, this on-chain metric for me is staying that, it's, it's just an accumulation phase and 
if you're if you're looking for day-to-day trades and this sort of podcast analysis is not for you i'm looking at for me when i did this analysis i'm looking at three four years when when i started it in 2022 uh in terms of the you know the bottom so from 2022 i was looking out to 2024 maybe 2025 you know so this actual year from november to next november 24 is actually a year i'm really going to be looking for uh, expansion and looking at these on-chain metrics to see where where they're going to go because once the um, NUPL does get into the greed phase where you can say it's at probably 80-90% in terms of its metric that's when you really want to start you know selling or even below you know about 70-75-80% you want to start taking your profits right now it's it's um, I would say it's just above the it's probably about 20% you know if, if I ca- calculate percentage wise probably around yeah 20 percent um so for me there's still a, a fair amount to go before you know to consider taking your profits yeah oz you know what it is it's interesting this whole discussion okay because you know just listening to um how you're talking about periods of on-chain metrics and uh you know this loss year of loss and accumulation then the expansion year and then beyond that as well uh, if anybody you know, is looking to crypto just to get rich very, very quickly, okay, and sustain that wealth. Uh, that's fairly unrealistic, isn't it? Very unrealistic, unless you, you're unless lucky. you're, unless you get into crypto. Yeah, you're so lucky yeah. that you just got into crypto. For example, if you got into crypto at at the day of the COVID crash, for example, right? After that day, you were just in profits. You never saw a loss because you got there towards the bottom. But if if you actually in crypto, there is it takes time. So if you got into crypto now, I gather most people probably got into crypto in twenty twenty one, in this cycle, yeah, twenty twenty one, and now they're thinking to themselves, "Oh my God, what's happening?" Probably eighty percent of them have have left, as you can see by the short term holders uh, uh, chart. The most of them are probably left. There's probably still a few in here, and they're thinking, "What is going on?" But to be honest, this if you go back to two thousand and nineteen. And 2023, that's probably the most similar sort of, um, uh, in my recent memory anyway, phase you can uh, yeah you can look at and just see what happened in 2019. Take the Black Swan event out of 2020. Whether that's going to happen again, who knows? No one knows about Black Swan. You know, if in 2024, if we do have a Black Swan event, you know, it happens. I, I can't predict that. TA can't predict. No one can predict, you know, something you know, the COVID virus just coming out of nowhere uh, back when it happened in 2020. Uh, so forget that for, for a second. Look at more the 2016 uh, chart, 2015, 2016, because that was more of a normal cycle and the, and the one before that in 2012. Uh, and you'll see how prices go up in terms of steady, steady rises and then bang, you got that last blow off top. And I think that could, same similar thing could happen. 2024, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm just playing the the yearly. I, I play more yearly. Uh, I know there's a four year cycle, but I do. I like doing things in, in yearly cycles. We've had the first year low. We've had the second year consolidation. Now let's see what the expansion brings us. That that's the way I, I look at it. Yeah, and listeners, um, you know, just uh, a piece, some tips on that. You know, um, it's a long game. It's you got to be patient in this. You know, it can take years. Um, to realize your profit and for your investments to really achieve uh, what you set them out to be. 
but it's not something that will done be done very rapidly. Yes, somebody like you had mentioning Oz, somebody comes in at the right time, you know, during that black sun event, they're always going to be in profit. But in order to make you know long long term gains and those gains to be sustainable, to change your life or achieve your values of freedom, financial, uh, you know, freedom or whatever, uh, it is not easy. Otherwise, everybody will be doing this, regardless of his crypto or any type of investment strategy in, in anything any other asset. So patience is really, really, really important uh, looking at the whole crypto space, just like any other type of investment strategy that you may have. And sometimes when people, like you were mentioning about those people who are short-term holders and they get shaken out uh, because they came in at a peak and they lost and you know they came in and when everybody was talking about it, um, it's not going to be sustainable for you to really actually achieve your set out goals whatever those goals are so really really important to look at it on a year by year basis on a long term basis and looking at the cycles and just being patient with this uh when you say oz yeah definitely i think uh just keep you know unless you're a trader like an active day trader then that's that's different but if you're new i guess that would be even impossible to do so for me exactly look at time horizons look at Bitcoin, you know, normally low to low is four years, right? And that's that's the fact. Uh, every low has been a, roughly four years. So the way I would look at it is in time. Look at look, uh, you know, if you can invest something that you can afford to lose, and then just just hold it and see see where it goes from there. Because that's that's the holders generally just make them you know make the most amount in bitcoin and crypto that especially if you're in, in good projects and that's what i've seen in, in my time here since 2018 so you know for me i'm just uh, looking at the next year and i think there's, there's been it's, it's a quite amazing that there's actually been no change in terms of the cycles that i'm seeing and it's just carrying on and people are still c- c- making some mistakes and coming up with weird theories and this and that but for me, I'm just taking it year by year, and let's let's go into the new expansion phase now, which will start you know in a couple of months' time. Okay, Oz. Now, um, just before we close off, have you been, uh, um, you know, have you been buying anything else shiny and interesting from the alts, uh, Oz, recently, or you got your eye on something? No, I just uh, I just I just uh, bought some injective protocol. Um, that's about it yeah okay so same with me oz just like i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is something that i'm looking to do but yeah oz uh if there's anything else uh before we close off no that's all i'm just gonna tune into the sec uh gary gensler is uh facing the congress facing congress right now which would be quite interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that is interesting he's got a personal vendetta on the whole system i don't know what it is but yeah let's see <laughs> let's follow what's going to happen there but oz thanks uh for giving us your insights as always and listeners, before anything, just click on that follow button, subscribe, check our social media channels, go to themarketsunplugged.com and do follow us. And we've got lots of gems and market analysis and crypto basic guides and all of that other palaver. So do do that. And uh, thanks for your support and see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Crypto Unplugged. We hope you learned something from this episode. For more information, check us out on Twitter at crypto underscore unplugged. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like and review us. And thanks again for listening to Crypto Unplugged.